I appreciate the song that Tim just sang. It's, I think as uh, we go through the message today, you'll see how that, re- that message really intertwines with uh, our series. And you might know the answer to this question. I, I'm not sure that I do. I'm not sure that anybody does. But when is it that we begin lying to ourselves? I think it's probably much earlier than we imagine. If we honestly answer that question, I think it would probably be earlier than we answer. And again, some of you might know the answer to this, and, and I don't know this either, but when do we stop lying to ourselves? When do we start lying to ourselves, and when do we stop lying to ourselves? I think the, the answer to that second question might coincide with our breathing. You know, when we stop breathing, we stop lying to ourselves. You know, it's like a, we take that last breath, and all of a sudden, we're, we're, we're not lying to ourselves. And you know, it doesn't take long. By the time you're in middle school or high school, we get pretty good at catching other people lying, don't we? But we're not so good at catching ourselves when we're lying. And I'm not talking about when we're lying to other people. I'm talking about we're not so good at catching ourselves when we're lying to ourselves. You know, and, and, and please don't misunderstand this. At least lying to others is somewhat understandable. I'm not saying it's, it's good or that you should do it, but at least it, it's understandable. It, it's not excusable, but, but it's understandable because people suddenly, they, just, they tell a lie for a lot of different reasons, right? They tell a lie to get, out, to get out of a pinch or to keep their self-esteem up or to keep their reputation. You know, sometimes it's like there's a short-term, short-term gain by, by lying. You know, there's, there's generally not ever a long-term gain, generally speaking, but, but sometimes there is a short-term gain by lying, and so... So, you know, lying is it's not excusable, but at least it's understandable. But lying to ourselves, lying to ourselves kind of, kind of makes me just believe in the insanity of people, right? Because it, it's just totally ridiculous and it's confusing, uh, lying to ourselves. I mean, how many selves do we have, right? So who's lying to who? And if you're listening to this and maybe you're watching it at home on Facebook and you're thinking, well, well I don't lie to myself. I never do that well. Perhaps... Maybe you just did, right? And that's kind of the point. It's like I, I know the reason that you, you did, and, and you don't know, uh, and 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 you don't know about it because you're really good at it, right? Like you're really good at lying to yourself. You're really good at deceiving yourself. It's that's one of the reasons we call it deceiving yourself because you're really good at. It. It's just another way of saying lying to ourselves. And one of the reasons that we're good at deceiving ourselves, you know, we don't want to call those lies, right? We, one of the reasons that we tell ourselves these lies um, is because we have reasons. Which makes sense because we want to be reasonable people, right? We, we ha- so we have all of these reasons and we want to be reasonable people. Um, and you don't want to be unreasonable. You don't want to work with somebody that's unreasonable. You don't want to uh, live with somebody that's unreasonable. Um, but maybe you've got friends and, and who, who you don't want to be unreasonable with. And so you, you lie to yourself about things and maybe about them and maybe they're lying to themselves about things as well probably they are but there's another reason that we we do this and, and instead of just throwing our hands up and being like you know why am I lying to myself why am I telling myself all of these lies um, and and these just reasons that we come up with and so think about this how many of you have ever used the reason you were late to work and it was like I was late to work because of traffic and if your boss is here you like you don't have to raise your hand on this I, don't, I know some of you work for the school system and Tim Isaacs is your boss so so like you don't have to admit to that but but it's like I, I was late because of traffic right now did I get up a little bit late 
that I, that, you know, I get on my phone and fiddle around with Facebook and, and go down a, a Twitter rabbit hole and then an Instagram rabbit hole and then I look up and, oh, it's, it's way past time for me to leave and then I stopped at Starbucks. And, but when I got to work, it was like, man, that school traffic, it's really bad. And people are like, school hasn't started yet, right? Like, we're, we're a month away from that. Well, actually about 10 days away from it now for, for you teachers. You're, you're welcome. Um, but we come up with all of these reasons that we, and we believe these, right? You know, the reason you don't eat better. I mean, you have a reason for it, right? You have a reason in your mind why you don't eat better, why, why you don't exercise more. You have a reason why when you blow up on somebody and say certain things or, or she says a certain thing, you have a reason for that. You have a reason for why you're leaving or a reason for why you're staying. And I'll just let you fill in the blank. The reason I do whatever. And if I were to ask yourself, ask you, and you would ask yourself, why? The reason that you might actually give may not be the actual reason. And that's the crazy part. That's kind of the secret that you're keeping from yourself. To, to keep you from having to, to face the truth about yourself. Right? That's why we come up with all these lies that we tell to ourselves, so that we don't have to face the truth about ourselves. It's, it's crazy. And, and, and instead of just telling ourselves the truth, we just we make up stuff. We manufacture, we make up, or we create excuses. And we disguise our excuses as reasons, because we want to be reasonable people. So maybe, just maybe, maybe we should call it like other people see it. Because I hate to break it to you. I hate to be the bearer of bad news this morning, but the people around you, the people that, you, that, that know you, the people that you work with, the people that you live with, the, the people that are always around you, they know when you're lying. They know when you, ha- when you have lied to yourself. They know when you're manufacturing excuses. And the reason that I know that they know is because when the people around you do it, and they think nobody's catching on to their excuses, you're able to see their reasons for what they are, for excuses. Because we're really good at catching everybody else's manufactured excuses. We're able to see their excuses for what they really are, paper walls. And so today we're in the third part of our series, Paper Walls. And there are, there are things that we've said throughout this series that we should, we should carry forward from season to season, from one season of life to the next. But there are things that we should that we should leave behind, that we should drop in, that we shouldn't carry with us from season to season. And this entire series is, is about one of those things, namely excuses. Excuses, we said, are like paper walls, that from a distance they look impenetrable. From a distance they look like actual obstacles. From a distance they look like barriers to keep you from moving forward. There are all the reasons why, right? But, the, but from a distance you can't see all of these little holes that we start to put in them when, when you find that there are actual you know, that it is just that, that it's just a paper wall. And when we start to look at what, what they really are, when we start to see them for what they really are, when we quit lying to ourselves, we're suddenly able to see through them. Look, everybody's got a reason why they can't stop, a reason why they don't start, a reason why they don't go back, the reason, the reason, the reason. But as we get closer and as we get honest, not with the people around us, but, but with ourselves, we realize that many of our reasons aren't really reasons. They're just excuses. And they're just paper walls that hold us back. And then over time, as we have said, our excuses, our excuses, they become our becauses. 
right? There are becauses that we retreat to when somebody confronts us, the, the because that we run to and that we, behi- that we hide behind when somebody brings up something, you know, why don't you do this? Well, because, or why don't you start doing this? Well, because, why don't you exercise? Well, because, why don't you eat better? Well, because, right? We have all of these becauses. We always have a because because the truth is sometimes our because isn't the cause. Our because is just an excuse that masquerades as a cause. And so in this series, we're asking a big question. And here's the question that we're asking. Is it possible? Is it possible that you're missing out in life because you've walled yourself in? That you've walled yourself in with these paper walls. Is it possible that you're living behind a paper wall or paper walls that you have to explain and, you, and you've bought into personally and, you, and you've lied to yourself? You believe these really are actual obstacles, that they are something that can't be moved, that they can't be uh, pushed through. Are, are, are these things really walling you in? Is it possible that they're keeping you, uh, uh, keeping other things out, keeping other people out, other opportunities out, relationships out, better relationships out? Your physical health out. Is it possible? We're just asking. Is it it possible that you're hiding behind some self-imposed, lie-infested excuse? Is it possible? And then here's the big one. Is Is it possible that you've invented a reason that's not actually a reason? Is it possible that you've invented an excuse for for why you behave a certain way, why you react a certain way, why you overact or overreact when when you're confronted on or or when certain people give you that look, you immediately uh, just get defensive and you go to your list of becauses. Because here's the real problem with, with all of those things. The real problem is that over time, a single excuse can actually become a king in your life. A single excuse can become the boss of you. And the becauses in our lives, they, 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 they just reign over us. And because our lives are not as compartmentalized as we like to think they are, uh, we can't excuse them. We can't excuse one area of health and, and, or arena in our life and not think it's not going to affect another arena in our life. You, you can't compartmentalize an excuse and think, well, this is only going to affect this part of my life because it's not, because that's not the way life works, is it? We, we've all got enough life experience to know that that's not how life works. And it's like, well, the reason I lose my temper, well, or the reason I lose my temper, right? And you think it only impacts that, but it doesn't. It impacts your relationships with other people, right? It's not just that one area. You can't excuse or make excuses financially or make excuses in terms of taking care of your health because it impacts your credibility. People hear you making excuses about your health or, or making excuses about your finances and they draw conclusions about you. They, they, your kids draw conclusions about you. Your kids know it. They know that you're just making up excuses so, so, and, and you're just trying to hide behind them. And so it all flows together. You can't compartmentalize life. And so here's the problem. Uh, there is a... There is perhaps in your life a single excuse that has walled you in that you have that you've lived behind for so long, a single excuse you've made for so long that you've convinced yourself that it's true and it's impacting your entire life. It's you might think it's just impacting one part of your life, but it's impacting your entire life and and, and you, you can't move forward. You can't move forward relationally, you can't move forward spiritually, you can't move forward financially. It just in terms of personal growth, you're not moving forward. And, and look, I don't know what it is in your life. But my, my experience has been that most of us have one thing that is just kind of holding us back and we, we've believed it for so long that we just accept it as, as truth. When really it's just 
an excuse. And here's what's so cool. And this is what we're going to do for the last few minutes that we've got together today. When you follow Jesus through the Gospels, when, when you sit down and you read Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, when you follow Jesus through the Gospels, do you know what you discover Him doing? There, there's all of these narratives, all of these conversations where you find Jesus just bringing light into dark places. He, he was constantly leading people out of, out of darkness, their, their personal darkness, into light. But here's the problem, as we're going to discover today. Light can be terrifying. I mean, light can be frightening. Light, light shown in our dark places can be threatening. It, it can be embarrassing. It's that moment when you realize, okay, I'm really afraid. This whole time I've had all of these excuses for I won't do this or why I shouldn't do this or why I can't do that. And why I wouldn't start that. And the truth is, is that I'm just afraid. The truth is I'm terrified of what it might feel like to move through this and to move past these excuses. I've been giving into them for years. And so I don't, I'm afraid of what life on the other side of this might look like. Light can be terrifying. But light can also be liberating. And this is why when you follow Jesus through the Gospels, he presents us with an invitation that's so powerful. It's life-changing. When you hear people talk about, oh, you know, Jesus changed my life, this is what they're talking about. In fact, if you think Jesus changed your life, this is what you talk about. This is what you talk about. You know, lies will hold you back, but, but truth, the flip side, is that truth sets you free. And how amazing is this? It's amazing that 2,000 years ago, this is the very point that we discovered that Jesus was making. And he makes this very point right after he makes kind of an over-the-top statement about himself. If you read your Bibles in John chapter 8, there's a conversation where Jesus is teaching. And so this is where we're going to be at today. So if you've got a Bible, just go ahead and flip to John chapter 8. But here's what Jesus says that's about himself. And it's just one of those over-the-top kind of statements. And Jesus was kind of known for making some really over-the-top statements about himself. But here's what he says. He says, I am the light of the world. Now think about that for a moment. Think about just that statement, somebody making that statement about themselves. Who says that? What kind of person says that about themselves? I am the light of the world. No wonder people just kind of smirk. You know, they shook their heads as they walk up and, and they kind of think, you're the light of the world, right? You're, you're the light of the world? But before we, we write him off, what if that's true? What if that's true about Jesus? Think about it. What if Jesus really came to lead people from, uh, of this world and every generation he came to lead people, you and me? What if Jesus really came to lead us out of darkness and into light? What if he really came to light up your excuses and expose them for what they really are so that you can become everything that God has called you to be, everything that he knows that you can be, everything that, you know, that you're able to reach the full potential that he knows that you have so you can get... On the other side of this, and instead of living in this shut down, bogged down, and, and, and this little walled in area that you've just created for yourself, what if Jesus really is the light of the world and he can expose all of that? By the way, I think he is, okay? So I don't want you to hear, some, hear this and think, oh, Adam doesn't think that's true. No, I do. But then he says this, after he makes this statement about himself, I am the light of the world, then he says this. He says, Whoever follows me, Whoever follows me, and I just want to make a casual observation about this. This is not an invitation to believe in Jesus. This is not an invitation to just admire Jesus. 
He says, whoever follows me. Look, Jesus doesn't need any more admirers. Everybody admires Jesus, but admiring Jesus will make no difference in your life. More importantly, admiring Jesus will make no difference in the world, no difference in your community, no difference in your relationship. And that's why he's so direct. Jesus says, I want you to follow me. And because of this invitation, we can almost guess what he says next. If he's the light of the world and he invites us to follow him, We can kind of guess what he's going to say next. He says, I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have with them always the lamp or or the light of life. Jesus is saying, look, I want to to light up the dark places in your life. I want to lead you through your paper walls. I want to expose things that are keeping you from, from fully engaging with your family, from fully engaging with your potential, from fully engaging and overcoming your fears and your insecurities. But, but for that to happen, it's not enough to just sing songs about me on a Sunday morning. And look, some of us aren't really all that good at that. It, it's got it's to be more than just admiring me. It's got to be more than just believing in me. You're going to have to follow me because we're going somewhere. And it was the men and women who followed Jesus that the book of Acts says that they turned the world upside down. It was the men and women who followed Jesus, not just admired Jesus, not just believed in Jesus. It was those men and women who shaped Western civilization. And when he said this, when Jesus says this, think about it. He's got a first century audience. So, so you know, there's all kinds of people there. And, and anytime somebody was making some comment about God or or, or, or what they believed about God, there usually seemed to be a religious leader in the audience. And there, and especially with Jesus, they were always trying to take notes and kind of trap him into saying something. And so John tells us um, what, what he when he said this, the Pharisees, they immediately jump on this. And they immediately write him off and they say this, they say, Here you are appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. In other words, you can't say anything about who you really are because you're all, obviously you're just going to say good things about yourself. Right? That's what they're saying. You're, you're claiming things about yourself, and you can't claim things about yourself. There's no way to prove, prove that. There's no way for you to, to prove that, you're, that you are the light of the world. Folks, this guy is crazy. That's a, essentially what the Pharisees are saying. And look, if we had respected religious leaders who said that about somebody who, who maybe seemed a, a little different, maybe a lot different than what we were used to, we would probably end the conversation right there and walk off. But there's something about Jesus that draws these people in. There's something about Jesus that keeps them there because the crowd didn't leave. They, they suspected something about Jesus. So later in this same conversation, he says this. He says, if you hold to my teaching, in other words, if you will do what I'm telling you to do, if you'll do what I'm teaching to do, he says, then and only then, you're really my disciples or, or my followers. And only then... Then you'll know the truth. Then you'll recognize what's true. Then you'll quit making excuses. Then you'll quit rationalizing. Then you'll quit, tr- you'll quit resisting. Then you'll receive. And when you know the truth, when you have that aha moment, when you, when you have that, that, oh my goodness, my whole life I've been hiding behind this paper wall. I've been hiding behind this excuse, these reasons, and they're not even real reasons. They're, they're, just, they're just paper walls. He says in that moment, you're going to know the truth, and the truth will do what? It will set you free. It'll set you free to see, to see yourself the way that God sees you, to see your, the, the potential the way that God sees your potential, to see your family the way that God sees your family, to see God the way that God really is. Blessed are the, are, are the pure in heart. Jesus would say that, right? It's a, from the Sermon on the Mount. I love that verse. Blessed are the pure in heart. 
That is, the people who have who've gotten rid of all the darkness, who've gotten rid of all the deceit. Blessed is the pure in heart for what? For they shall see God. Jesus says, I'm, I'm the light of the world. I'm not, and, and not in just some big intangible theory, you know, way like that. I want to be the light of your world. This, this is why we know it. It, it was personal. You, he said, because I'm the light of the world, but only the people who benefit are, are those who are able to take advantage of his light, right? The only people that benefit from Jesus being the light of the world are those who walk in light. If you don't walk in, in light, then you haven't benefited at all from Jesus being the light of the world. And guess what? Those aren't people who, the people who walk in light aren't people who admire Jesus. It's not people that just are simply content to believe things about Jesus. Or to gather once a week or once every other week or once every three weeks, whatever your, your, your Sunday schedule routine is. It's people that actually follow him. And he says, and if you follow me, Jesus is saying, if you follow me, you will discover the truth and the truth will set you free and you will begin to see paper walls for exactly what they are. And you know how his audience responds to this amazing statement? It's really unbelievable. When they hear Jesus, they hear this this man say all of this stuff about himself. You know what they begin to do? They begin to make excuses. Here's what the Pharisees and the teachers of the law say. They say because they're, they're trying to make sure that people don't follow Jesus. So they answered him and, and they're, they're saying, be free. You, you're going to set us free? How are you going to do that? We're Abraham's descendants. And I think they probably said it with an air about themselves. We're Abraham's descendants. We've never been slaves of anyone. How can you say to us that we, we shall be fr- set free? You can't set us free. There's nothing for you to set us free from. That's how they responded. And think about this. Think about the people that are saying that. It's really kind of ridiculous, even if just look in their present situation when they say that. Currently in that moment, they didn't have a Jewish governor. They had a Roman governor. They had Pilate, all right, but, but you're not slaves, okay. Well, well, they weren't slaves, you know, but before the Romans, it was the Assyrians, and then the Babylonians, and the Egyptians, and it goes on and on. And so this whole idea of these people saying, oh, well, you can't set us free. We've never been slaves to anyone. It's just, it's so ridiculous and easy to criticize. But we are often just as equally as guilty. When I come along and say, you're a slave to your excuses, you're a prisoner to your excuses, you're walled in, you, you sit there and you think, no, not me. Not me. And so I'm just going to sit here with my arms folded and I'm just going to vent and, and, and I'm just going to just make excuses. And, and we're tempted to say, nope, it's not me, right? That's what we do, isn't it? But you're walled in. And you know, if we were sitting there, I think that's probably what we would have said. We'd have probably had the same response. We'd say, oh no, Jesus, not, not me. I've never been a slave to anyone or anything. Because that, that's how we feel, right? I've never been a slave of anyone. I've never been a slave of anything, Jesus. What do you mean you're going to set me free? Set me free from what? And I think Jesus would respond to us the same way that he responded to his original audience. I think Jesus probably smiled. Maybe he chuckled and he's like, really? <laughs> you, you, you've never been a slave? You don't need to be set free? Really? And so he says, very truly. And instead of reading them their history, their national history, he reads them their personal history. He says, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. And they're like, wait, 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 wait. Why are we talking about sin? Any, anyone who sins is a slave to sin? In, in other words, what he's... What he's saying, he, he says to you and he says to me, 
He says to all of them, you know, do you ever do what you ought not do? You don't have to raise your hand, okay? Uh, but yeah, and then when you do what you're not supposed to, you ever have regret about it? Well, well, yeah, then you get upset about it because you knew there was something that you shouldn't have done. And you say, yeah, I can't believe I did that, right? Yeah, well, who made you do that? And why did you do that again? And why have you been doing that? I mean, what's wrong with you, right? It sounds to me like we're slaves to sin. And they're like, oh, well, well, there's, well, I guess, you know, if you, if you want to get technical about it, then there's that. And Jesus is going, yeah, exactly, that's my point. You've deceived yourself into thinking that you are far more free than you actually are. And because you hide behind your excuses and Jesus says, I am the light of the world, I'm inviting you. I'm not going to force you, but I'm inviting you to a bigger and better way of living. And then after a couple of comments about his unique relationship with the Father, Jesus, he he concludes this way. He's talking about himself, and so he says, if you follow me, if you embrace my teaching, and, and you allow me to set you free, if the Son sets you free, if you allow me to light up the lies in your life that you've believed, you will be free indeed. You will actually be free. You'll be free to recognize your paper walls for what they are, that, that, they're, that they're just excuses. You'll be, you'll be free to move forward into the life that God has called you to live, because following Jesus will make your life better. I promise you that. And following Jesus will make you better at life. Because He's the light of the world. And He's come to light up all of our personal darkness. So here's the problem. And we talked about this in the first week. Our excuses, our, our excuses, they excuse us from engaging with others. And other, with others, that, another way of saying that is that these paper walls, they, they, they make you small. Paper walls give you excuses. In fact, paper walls excuse you from loving people as well as you should love them. And let me prove it to you. If you don't believe that, let me, let me prove it to you by flipping the perspective. Let's look at it from the other perspective. Because I, I think if I were to ask you this, you would, you would agree. Isn't it true that people who have hurt you? Isn't it true that people who have mistreated you? Isn't it true that people who have lied to you, who have left you, who have abandoned you? Isn't it true to, to the person that stole your idea? Isn't it true that every single one of them had a reason for what they did? Yeah, every one of them. Every single person that's ever hurt you or lied to you or, or abandoned you or whatever, they've manufactured an, an excuse for what they did. Every single one of them. None of them said, well, I have no idea why I'm treating you this way. Nobody ever says that, do they? Nobody says, I just don't know why I'm doing this. No, they all have a reason. They all have a, a, an excuse for, for this. And they couldn't see it. They couldn't see it. Their, their paper walls resulted in you being mistreated and, and And one of the most frustrating things in your life, maybe, perhaps you've had to carry it, is that they never saw it. And because they never saw it, they never owned it. They never apologized for it. They never tried to make it right. And the reason they never owned it, the reason they never came clean with you, is that they really, they genuinely can't see it. Because they've created a paper wall, they've lived behind, and they've defended the way that they've mistreated you, or they've mistreated your husband, or your wife, or or one of your children. And so here's the question. Do you want to be like that? Do you want to be like that? Do you want there to be people in the world who have been so hurt by you and, and when it comes to mind, you're like, well, of course I did that. I mean, why wouldn't I have done that? I said, why? Of course I said that. Uh, of course I responded that way. And, and they're locked down because you can't see. And this is why this is such a big deal for, every, for everyone. It's why it should be a big deal for all of us anyway. It's because we may unintentionally hurt people because of our paper walls. 
We may unintentionally hurt people because of, of the excuses that we have walled ourselves in with. Because paper walls, they make you small, they make you self-centered, they make you preoccupied with what's yours, what's owed you, how you feel, how, how they or how something makes you feel. They enslave us to our self-centeredness. Ultimately, that's what paper walls do. That's what our excuses do, is that they enslave us to our self-centeredness. Here's something that should scare you into activity. If you can't see that you're wrong, you'll be wrong your entire life. Think about that. If you never get to the place where you can see what you currently can't see, if you never get to the place where something lights up the lie that you've believed about yourself or the inaccuracy, you could be wrong your entire life. Which means this, it means you could excuse your whole life away. It means you could excuse that bad habit away. It means that your health, you could excuse your health away, your family away, your peace away. You could excuse your faith away. But there's a better way. Jesus said, I'm the better way. I am the way, I am the truth, and that's why I am the life. I'm the light of the world, and whoever follows me will never walk in darkness Don't miss that. He says, whoever follows me, not believes in me, not admires me, but whoever believes, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but they will have the light of life. Do you know what that looks like? It looks like this is, I see what's wrong with him, but I'm going to begin looking in the mirror to see what's wrong with me. I see the speck in her eye, but I'm going to look for the log and see if there's one in my eye. I'm going to... I am not going to because my way through this. I'm going to ask Jesus instead to expose what needs to change in me. I'm going to begin with me. I'm not going to hide behind you know, what somebody else did. What, you know, look what they did to me. Look what they said about me. Whatever. I'm not going to hide behind any of that. Jesus says, follow me because we're going through. Do you know what that looks like? It looks like forgive. I mean, you've got a thousand reasons not to forgive somebody, don't you? You have a thousand reasons to hang on to your anger. But Jesus says, come on, we're going somewhere. We're going through. So, so you're not going to sit back here and you're not going to suffer because of all that bitterness that, that eats you from the inside. So follow me. And as we're going through, you know, forgive as I forgave you. Remember Jesus said that? He said, I want you to forgive other people because I have forgiven you. And when you do, you know what happens? You're going to be free. And you're going to be able to admit that, hey, I, I really am afraid. You're going to be able to admit that, you know, that, I'm in, that you're insecure about some things, that I'm insecure about, about some things, and that's okay. And it'll be terrifying. And you'll be free. Isn't that how you want to live? Isn't that how we all want to live? Does, doesn't that make the world a better place? Look, following Jesus, not believing in and not respecting, not admiring. Again, Jesus has all the admirers that he needs. You want to change the world? You you want to make a dent in the world? You want to leave your mark on the world? Then follow and cling to the light light of the world. Let let Jesus light up all of the personal darkness in your own life. Let him expose all of that and live in that freedom. And guess what? It's horrifying and it's terrifying and it's liberating. And on the other side of all of that mess... You're a better person and you're in a better position to make the world a better place. You're in a better spot to lead people to love and follow Jesus because you're loving and following Jesus. So one more time, is it possible that you're missing out on something in life because you've walled yourself in? Maybe you've got a thousand reasons and maybe they're all just excuses. And maybe it's time to move beyond that. So here's Jesus' invitation. He says, if you hold to my teaching, then you really are my disciple. 
and you're going to know the truth whether you like it or not. I'm, I'm taking you there, and it'll be terrifying, and it'll be uncomfortable. And you'll have some conversations that you never imagined you would have. And on the other side of them, you will be free. Follow Jesus, and you'll be free to see. You'll be free to be the husband, the father, the employer, the employee, the son, the daughter, the mother, the, the, the grandparent, the citizen that God has called you to be and that he set you up to be. And look, if all of this sounds just like preacher talk, look, I get it. You're not alone in that. When Jesus wrapped up this whole conversation, you know what they did? They picked up stones to stone him. I mean, Jesus has this whole conversation about he's the light of the world, and if you, you follow him and hold on to him, you'll be free. And they said, you know what? We don't want to do that. We're just going to pick up stones and stone the light of the world. I don't want to forgive. I don't want to focus on what's in my eye. I want to focus on what's in, in her eye or his eye. I don't want to love them. I don't want to have to serve them. So you know what? Let's just stone the light of the world so that I can remain safely and comfortably in my, my own little dark place. And I love what, how this passage ends. It says they picked up stones to stone him, and he just quietly slips away. I mean, we're not told how he gets away. It just says that he walks. I don't know if like, he just walked through the crowd and the crowd parted like in some big movie scene, or, or maybe they got distracted and they got in an argument amongst themselves, and while they're doing that, he just slips off. I don't know. I have no idea how this happens, but I know this. He slips away only to return another day to give his life away. Because he's the light and the life of the world. Is it possible that you're missing out because you've walled yourself in? Is it possible, just possible, that you're disguising excuses as reasons? And are you willing to admit what you've come to suspect that they, just, that they are? Paper walls. Look, I don't know when we begin lying to ourselves, but we all do it. And I don't know when we stop lying to ourselves, but I know this. I know Jesus invites you. He invites all of us to leave our, our fact-free excuses behind and to face up to Him and to embrace that terrifying but liberating truth about ourselves, our interior lives, our attitudes, our fears, our insecurities, our past. And He says, if you will follow me, if you, if, if you will allow me to set you free, right? If you will allow me to set you free, I love this, you will be free indeed. You know what that means? That means no matter what anybody else does, no matter what anybody else says about you, know, regardless of how anybody else ever treats you, they will never force you to live behind paper walls because you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Let me pray for us.